as Hamlet said, I have to steal myself to the sticking point or something to that effect, because your man Bill Hughes is in again with an essential song. Now, after last week, Stand stand Up and Shout, or whatever, uh, really, I was in trauma for about a week. I'm hoping that Bill has come back this week with an acceptable song. Have you an acceptable song or not, Mr. Hughes? Not that that is my prime motivation in life to have an acceptable song for ah, you. Ah, but stand up and shout last week. Shout oh. to the top. Oh, classic, it, classic, classic. Oh, yeah. Paul, okay. Paul Weller, yeah. uh, Style Council, 1983. 84. Okay. All right. What have you got? <laughs> okay. I've got a song. Yeah. That was written in 1924. All right. Okay. Sung by Eddie Cantor no. after the First World no, War no, no, ended. No, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. Al Jolson. No. But, no. So, <laughs> the the recording I'm talking about yeah. didn't hit us till the 80s, though it was made in the 70s. All right. And, and written in 1924. 1924. By Gershwin or something like that, mm, no? Written Porter? by Isham Jones. Yeah. And Gus Khan. In Tim Pan Alley? Yep. All right, I'm getting it. Go um, on. The song was first performed by Ruth Etting. Oh, she's very interesting, in, Ruth Etting. In a little film called Melody in May. Do you know who she married? Who? She married a gangster and was famously portrayed, I'm almost certain, by Doris Day uh, with Jimmy Cagney in a movie called Love Me or Leave Me. I'm almost certain, but I could be wrong. There you go. Anyway, this is interesting. I'm getting, I'm excited. I'm moving okay. forward in my chair. Okay. Right? The song was then recorded by Priscilla Lane for the 1939 film The Roaring Twenties. Okay. Then by Ginger Rogers and Cornell Wilde in the 1947 film It Had to Be You. Cornell Wilde? Sure, yeah. he couldn't sing. Well, it was very he pretty. Did perform, yeah. It was very pretty. And the title of the song is It Had to Be You. Oh, listen. But listen. it's the Frank Sinatra version. Oh, I don't care. Could have been the root edging version. I mean, uh, but Sinatra now. now. But you know, I don't like Sinatra, kind of, because my yeah. old man told me Crosby yeah, was better. I know, yeah, but listen. Uh, you know, all my, musicals, all my musical stuff comes from the father. <laughs> Oh, he got more prejudices than the Berlin but he, Wall. But like. he told me, he told me Bing Crosby was better than Sinatra. Yeah. And he didn't tell you that Bing Crosby beats his wife. Mm, yeah, but yeah, and but I but I I fed Frank Sinatra in Lansdowne Road. That's you did. He like he liked his tea made with sparkling water. Well, no, Ballygowan, no less. Well, this film, this song, was also performed by Dooley Wilson in mm. Casablanca, uh, by Betty Hutton in Incendiary Blonde. Yeah. And by Diane Keaton in Annie Hall. Oh, I mean, this song has oh. done the rounds. Now, it was written by... Can I just stop you yeah. at Betty Hutton? Yeah. Because you're bringing back so much, like, I'm no, so excited. <laughs> she was great in Annie Get Your Gun. Incredible. Yeah. And then she slipped out of thing, and mm. she was discovered mm -hmm. as a char lady mm. uh, in a convent, mm. cleaning the stairs. Yeah. Years later. Yeah. But she was great. We might get something from Annie Get Your Gun. Remind me. Very Howard Keel. Very good. Anyway, um, it had to be you by Frank Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, but Isham Edgar Jones, yeah. who was the American band leader and composer of this piece, um, 
He also composed in 1917, we're in the army now. All right. And he also composed I'll See You in My Dreams. Yeah. And do you remember the big ballad, There Is No Greater Love? You'd know it straight away, but he I wrote that too. Look, can I just can, ask you yeah. something about Sinatra here? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember he had a fantastic relationship with an arranger? Yeah. Who Nelson Riddle. Nelson Riddle. Yeah. Is Nelson Riddle involved in this version? No. 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 Okay. This is Sorry. this is Sorry Billy asking. May. Oh, Billy May band. Yeah. Big band. Yeah, yeah. it's Billy May's. Is it? Oh, so but I want to tell you more about Gustav Gerson Kahn, known as Gus Kahn. Yeah. And he was born in Koblenz in Germany, came into America through Ellis Island, married Grace LeBoy in 1916. Now, in the early days, Kahn wrote for vaudeville vaudeville with uh, Tony Jackson and together they wrote Pretty Baby. Right. And then he started writing lyrics for composers uh, and, and band leaders around. But he wrote, uh, like, the, the the story of his life was told in a song that he had written, I'll See You In My Dreams, where Danny Thomas played him and Doris Day played his wife. Oh, yeah. Now, Can is, is spelled K-A-H-N, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I remember and, this guy. And he wrote so many songs for movies as well, like Flying Down to Rio, A Day at the Races, Three Smart Girls, San Francisco, Naughty Marietta, and The Ziegfeld Girl. So he had an amazing career. And uh, he also wrote Making Whoopi, which was once one of our <laughs> essential songs. Making, Making Whoopi was, in fact, yeah. I mean, it was half right. Mm. Because at the beginning I said Eddie Cantor. Yeah. And Eddie Cantor sang Making Whoopi. And at the I'm beginning, not the Egypt you constantly no, no. make me out And at the me. beginning you also mentioned Al Jolson. Yeah. Because Gus Khan regularly wrote with ah, Al Jolson. Right. Okay. And he also wrote with Harry Warren yeah. and Sigmund Romberg and Jerome Kern and George Gershwin and Ira Gershwin. Like this guy was... Yeah, but, uh, phenomenal. All right, but can I just stop in there mm, yeah. for a minute? Mm. I was very quiet last week because I wasn't interested. <laughs> but like you were going on about there'd be punching the skies out in the street at your man Peter Weller from Robocop oh. saying, stand up and shout, <laughs> right? All the names you're mentioning, yeah, right? uh, all those incredible lyricists and, and songwriters and everything, there'd be nobody punching the skies in the street, and yet the music they made was superb. But they will be, because they'll have a memory, and I want to trigger that memory. Oh, do, I do, 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 I do, do, I do. This version of the song, Billy May's orchestral opening, finds... Billy Crystal playing the part of Harry, walking along the street on New Year's Eve alone, and as the vocal stops, Harry, uh, as the vocal starts, Harry stops at a shop, and it the the vocal says, "Why must I do, do just as you say?" And it's just as he's going through all the stuff in his head, and he's walking on. He throws away the ice cream he was licking. And the lyric comes in, it had to be you. And it's when Harry met Sally, the movie that just was 
one of the biggest blockbusters was of it, the Was ages. Harry met Sally where they were in the cafe and she started yeah, going Yeah, faking on. the orgasm, yeah. 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 Sorry, you can't use that word at lunchtime. An you? orgasm? No. Of course you can. Can you? Yeah. All oh, right. There's one it. for everyone in the audience. I'll use, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'll use it next week. All right, so, go on. Oh, right, so Harry met Sally. Okay. And that's why I think people will right. remember this. Okay. And Johnny Mercer regarded It Had To Be You as the greatest popular song ever written. Um, and if it's that good, how come it sat around for 55 years, people said? Because it was yeah. until then that Sinatra got his hand on it. But um, because he had first recorded I'll Be Seeing You in 1940 and The Way You Look Tonight in 1943. But he was late getting to ha- It Had To Be You. By the time he got to It Had To Be You, Andy Williams, Bar- Barbara Streisand, Doris Day, Harry Nielsen, Petula Clark and Diane Keaton had all beaten Sinatra to all it. All women, though. Yeah. No, Andy Williams, oh, Harry Nielsen. No, that's that. Um, so, Gus Kahn is second only to Irving Berlin in the number of hit songs he wrote. Wow. Second only. And Frank sang a lot of Gus Kahn lyrics. Kahn had two tracks on the defining Sinatra LP of the 50s, Songs for Swingin' Lovers. Oh, I have it at home still in vinyl. Yeah, Tom yeah. Dunn will be delighted. So I think we should hear it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's have yeah. that but fabulous just, Can I just tell you, yeah. on Songs for Swingin' Lovers, yeah. Sinatra's leaning up um, uh, against a wall with that hat yeah. and, and smoking a fag. Mm. And I just it's a great cover for an album. But this is the... Uh, just listen to it. The shivers, I'm trembling, no less. Why do I do just as you say? Why must I just give you your way? Why do I sigh? Why don't I try to forget It must have been that something lovers call fate Kept me saying I had to wait I saw them all, just couldn't fall till we met It had to It had to be you I wandered around And I finally found The somebody who Could make me be true And could make me And even be glad Just to be sad Thinking of you Some others I've seen Might never be Never be cross Or try to be boss 
they wouldn't do For nobody else gave me a thrill With all your faults, I love you still It had to be wonderful you It had to be you Just, I mean, on almost that wins on almost ticks every box. Like mm, it's a stunning song, and no wonder performed by a stunning singer with a stunning band. Yeah, I mean the brass behind the band like that. I don't know whether the music trumpet or not, but the trumpet player behind is something really yeah, special. It's, it's just one of Billy May's greatest uh, oh, yeah. uh, orchestrations. Fabulous, yeah. But another thing, like people were curious about Gus Khan. Why did he have such a remarkable facility for being romantically true and affecting in simple monosyllables. And they're saying it's because he, he, he wouldn't have done that if he'd been a natural born American. Oh, of course. It yeah. was because he was coming from the Germanic background and uh, he was born in 1886, didn't sail to the United States until he was four. Now, he got a drum as a child, which he took with didn't him. Didn't we all? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. But he brought it with him on the trip across the Atlantic. Yeah. And by the time they got to Ellis Island, the father <laughs> had apparently had enough of the drum and threw it overboard. <laughs> the kid was like, and there's a quaint theory that his love of the drum and the love of the beat is part of what made him turn to music and lyric writing and writing songs. So now, will we talk about Old Blue Eyes himself? Well, the reason mm. I am so envious of mm. Sinatra, funny enough, is not about his singing. Mm. and indeed his legendary prowess with women. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in that either. He, for someone like me who talks for a living, he, I wish I could phrase like Sinatra. I wish I could speak with the same clarity as Sinatra, and I wish I could breathe like Sinatra. Like his control of breathing, his phrasing and everything makes him the great singer that he is. Yeah, and and when you look at the career and the phenomenon that was Frank Sinatra, and, you know, starting out in the swing era, singing with Harry James and with Tommy Dorsey and learning his craft, and even though he was little more than a thug, like a little backstreet little 
Um, Little being the operative word. Yeah, he was a small man, but yeah. he and he had small man syndrome. But um, he became the idol of the Bobby Soxers. And so his first album, The Voice of Frank Sinatra, which came out in 1946, uh, became such a huge hit. And everything was going great. Then the career stalled, uh, the recording career, and he started his Hollywood career and won an Oscar for his performance in From Here to Eternity. Things turned around again, signed a new deal and started to get um, more, like more hits. But his his definitive, those little albums that he recorded for uh, Capitol Records in the wee small hours, Songs for Swinging Lovers, Come Fly With Me, Only the Lonely and Nice and Easy. Like they, that's a canon of work for anybody. But to have done those in such a condensed number of years in the 50s, to then have created his own record label, the Reprise label, in 1961, and to have the phenomenal year that he had when he turned 50 in 1965, he had a kind of a, a midlife crisis. And so to honour the fact that he had turned 50, he made a television special that won every award going, including the Emmy, Frank Sinatra, Man and His Music. He scored with Strangers in the Night and My Way. And he recorded a retrospective album called September of My Years. Like, he, all in that year, 65. Yeah. So he did things in bursts. And then he started to retire. And then he started uh, to come yeah, back. And that's was, when you got to cook for him. But he was a genius. Yeah, he was phenomenal. And I loved him in From Here to Eternity. Yeah. Well worth the Oscar, I must say. Well worth that. Mm. Uh, I, a great movie. That that movie, From Here to Eternity, I think was nominated for about 11 Oscars. Mm. Might even have won 11. I don't know. But if, if you've made my day, I walk off now into the autumnal afternoon happy as a sandboy with another essential song of Bill Hughes uh, ringing in my ear it's rare I must say that he brings music to me that I like but when he does it lasts with me for at least another week and when he comes in and spoils the whole thing all over again. <laughs> Essential songs with Bill Hughes every Thursday at this time. I'd be here tomorrow, of course, being Friday. Uh, no fish on a Friday still rules uh, in a lot of homes, doesn't it, Bill? Or no? Yeah. Fish on Friday? Mm. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I said that. It was quite meaningless. But all right, my thanks to the team of Alex Russo and Kira Courtney and, of course, Michael Quilligan on sound. I'll be back tomorrow. Good afternoon.